0: The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our V R listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. Allie and Lindsay had their wisdom teeth removed recently, and though their recovery may have been a bit of a challenge... Green Mountain Dental Group helped them navigate the process. They checked on them every few days and made sure the medication was just right. So schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental, only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, but a million miles better than the rest. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee helps you start your day feeling your best because their fresh roasted small batch specialty coffee pairs perfectly with top quality broad spectrum hemp extract rich in CBD and CBG and will improve the quality of your morning and afternoon if you're like me. I am your host Patrick Lyons. Join me, joined, Joining me today. I'm just excited to have you here in studio for the first time officially. It's the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet, our favorite guest, Mr. Drew Goodman. Thanks,
1: man. You know what? We've been talking about um, coming here, and you're here a lot, but this is my first time here. Now, I've passed this location over the years many, many times. Then with COVID and all the difficulties, this is the first time here, but uh, I got the grand tour. This is cool, man. Great bar, great atmosphere, and really neat studios um, overlooking, in some cases, the bar. So uh, I'm really impressed.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Well, we may have to talk numbers about you having the Drew Goodman podcast to broadcast from here, potentially.
1: I would love to do that. That'd be fun, man. That'd be a lot of fun.
0: Especially with the big guests you get. You know, I know last week we touched on the Bud Black podcast, but so many people really responded so well to that and, and all of the... The information that Buddy has been talking about all season long that we know because we're there every day, but to put it all in one place as concisely as he did, you know, it's getting some people excited for the offseason and it's getting people uh, having a better understanding with where the Rockies are at right now with their roster. You know what, it,
1: Patrick, you make a, an interesting point because Buddy doesn't pull punches and Billy Schmidt doesn't either. And one of the things, if you listen to what they have said in the not just the aftermath of the season, but uh, as the season was winding down, their view of the club is probably fairly similar to what most hardcore fans observe. Short on offense, have to shore up a bullpen. Now, there were some stories of guys improving as the season um, War on certainly, but it wasn't, you know, blinders on. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, man, we're just one player away. You didn't hear that from Billy Schmidt. You certainly didn't hear that at all from Buddy Black, and I think, um, you know, that's important uh, that their observation, you know, their observations obviously, you know, they, they have to go, this is what they do for a living, um, But but the fans who are really tuned into the Rockies, they saw – the same things that that Buddy saw, that Billy Schmidt saw, and there's so many numbers now and analytics that are at uh, the fingertips of, of all hardcore fans, um, and, and they're saying the same thing, and, and, I, and I think that's a real positive if you're a fan.
0: Yeah, we're, we're hearing that Brendan Rodgers probably better at second base to let him grow there, so we'll see what happens at shortstop, and yeah, the power. The Rockies need to have more power. It's it's funny because I I'd asked a question late in the season about I think there's eight different Rockies players that hit ten or more home runs.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was uh, you may be right. I thought it was nine, but whatever, eight or nine, somewhere in there.
0: But none hit 30, right? Crone had the most, so they were they were short in that capacity. And- but
1: sort of the San Francisco Giants, and they they were one of the top two power hitting teams in all of baseball. No one hit 30.
0: Very true, yeah. And so they got a lot of production out of out of catcher with Ilias Diaz stepping up. Mm-hmm. So they've got that squared away. So they do have positives, but you're right. They they need to improve in that area in this off season. And, you know, team president Craig Fiesel has said they're gonna add some payroll and so it, it seems like they'll have some room to make it interesting because they've they've already done so to start this off season really well with bringing back Cinzatella and Krohn. So I know I'm excited to see what this offseason is going to bring for the franchise. Well,
1: yeah, I, I thought that that was a great move, and I said that, and I got in a little bit of a Twitter debate with with some people uh, because they were proactive. Uh, they were the first team to sign a couple of their own guys, and you say, well, how does that make them better? No, I understand. they, You know, Krohn was with them. Last, it's not a new addition, but it's securing a guy who was there – most productive offensive player for the next couple of years, not at a at an enormous number. And then in the case of starting pitching, we all know how hard it is for the Rockies to acquire starting pitching. When they have good starting pitching as they do now, you want to hold on to it. That's why preemptively a couple of years ago when they signed Herman uh, Marquez to a uh, a, a good deal for both parties but a team-friendly deal certainly and they did the same thing with Sensatella those are wise moves now do they need additional moves uh, probably a multitude of them absolutely nobody's suggesting otherwise but I but I thought that that was a really nice start there was one other quote that I appreciated from Billy Schmidt and I, I read it I think in the last 24 hours um, you know we talk a lot about on my podcast the you know the fact that the areas, and I know we're going to go there a little bit today. The areas they have to improve are in the outfield, offensively, and that the corner outfield spots have to be bolstered. Um, and you know, Billy Schmidt said, "Absolutely." He said Well, we didn't hit any home road home runs out of our outfield the first half. Actually, you know, Billy w- was not quite right. They hit three, I believe, which is not good. Clearly, bad, awful. But he had taken it to the absolute extreme, so we didn't hit any. So, listen, their eyes are wide open. That doesn't mean you're going to solve all your problems in in one winter, but they're aware of where they need to get better, and they have uh, a game plan, and and hopefully they're able to be persuasive because the game plan has to include signing some guys that are free agents. And and if you want to sign them because you think that they're going to make you better, chances are there are going to be other teams that want to sign them as well, so there's going to be competition.
0: And there's a lot of power out in in the game today, so I don't think it's that hard where to to find, you know, uh, an upgrade. But but you're right, if it's one of the higher end, top flight free agents, then that's where it could become a little too rich for the Rockies' blood, and I, and I think you you understand that you want to get locked into a contract that you're gonna have around for a few years, and it's not it's not gonna allow you any flexibility going forward. So it almost does make me think that you know if it's Maybe they can find another C.J. Crone in a a corner outfield spot, perhaps. But it almost suggests to me that maybe a trade could be more likely. They've, you know, a lot of those younger players that they're not young, but they are young for uh, arbitration purposes, right? Experience on the big league level. And some of them still have some upside. And so it it gets me thinking that maybe a trade might be the best way to go ahead and, and, and acquire some more, power if you're looking for two bats maybe one of them is by trade and the other one is the good old-fashioned free agent route
1: yeah we'll see how that uh you know plays out because you the the rockies historically that doesn't mean that this new chapter that's going to be authored uh in large measure by billy schmidt um could not be different but in the past, they've always been reluctant to part with prospects. And some would criticize, and probably fairly so um, on occasion, that they've fallen uh, overly in love or uh, are overly enamored with their own guys, maybe overvalue some of their younger prospects. We'll see how it looks moving forward. Um, I, I think, you know, if you had a wish list for me, you know at the top of the wish list would be like a Kyle Schwarber and i don't know if it's too rich because he's making 10 million on a one year deal this year is he going to command a you know a 5 year 125 million dollar deal i i really doubt it. it you know it could be a 3 times 15 which again it's not my money i don't know but i i think that's affordable for the Rockies certainly agreed but that doesn't mean that he doesn't say man, Boston's offering the same thing, and I've just been part of a nice postseason team with Boston. I'm comfortable here. Um, I'm going to stay in Boston. Or maybe it's go back to Washington where he had the unbelievable June. Uh, So it's not purely money. You hope there's some other draw that that brings – you know, one of those players that can make a difference uh, to the Rockies, and and they're able to win that recruiting battle.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about Kyle Schwarber uh, in purple, and seeing the play that he was able to make on Sunday, and the excitement that he had. Like again, we we need more of that in baseball. Looking at his baseball reference page, 2019 is the only year he hasn't been to the postseason. Look at a guy like Jock Peterson, a postseason player, and Trevor Story's talked about going to a winning franchise, and it makes you think. For a lot of these guys, they're already making some good money. To them, winning might be that thing. But then again, you know, is Kyle Schwarber maybe a, a, the final piece for the Rockies? They got they got a long way to go. They, they got to make a couple other moves yeah. before Schwarber goes, oh, you know what, actually I, I can see myself in the next two, three years going to a couple postseasons with the Rockies. Those are players that there might be more focus on the postseason than the money.
1: Well, you, you heard my um, interview with with Buddy and, and again, buddy is very Fantastic. upfront, yeah, he's very candid. and I, I talked to his him about being a recruiter and and Buddy is a, a very humble guy. He says I'm part of the process, and he is. Um, you know, does it start with, with Billy Schmidt and you know ultimately if it's a big name, do they sit down with with ownership also? Uh, certainly, that is part of it. But the affability, the credibility, the um, other players in the game that have played for Buddy that are going to tell a a potential free agent, hey, this guy's the real deal. This is a guy you really want to play for. And there's also, you know, the Rockies get criticized for being insular, yet there's a stability if you're a player and you go hey i'm going to play for for buddy black guess what buddy black's going to be here right i know he has one year year left on his deal um but y- as long as he doesn't want to leave the rockies aren't going to part um with, with buddy black so there, there's something there it, it, there is a recruiting process though and anybody that's going to make a difference for the rockies is going to have other suitors
0: buddy in 2019 going into that year uh, I don't want to say he's lame duck, but had one year left on his deal. They renegotiated and they, they tacked on three more years. So we might see that this offseason. And to your point, you know, the Rockies, they don't necessarily trade their guys at the deadline uh, to, to just dump salary. So you can tell one of these, these free agents that, look, if, if you're a Rock and you sign a three, four, five year deal, whatever it is, you're going to be in purple. like you don't have to worry about uprooting your family, whereas Peterson and Kyle Schwarber, they've had to do that already twice in the past year. So you want to kind of put roots down somewhere, and I think if we've seen in the past for a Rockies free agent, they're able to do that comfortably.
1: Yeah, and you know, Buddy touched on this also, and, and one of the you know, I, I chuckle because we all know this who live here. who the hell wouldn't want to live in Denver, Colorado? I mean it's a great city it's a vibrant city we have the most beautiful weather in the country We really do people who are from other places may not realize that um, and so there's a whole lot to sell and what we'll, we'll say um, here, here's something else you know with, with folks that may worry about will, will buddy you know pack his bags one day and say you know what I'm done with this I'm frustrated or, or whatever um, Buddy is close with Billy Schmidt. I mean, Buddy has a really good relationship. It goes back to the mid-'90s when they worked together, right when Buddy got off the field uh, in the Cleveland organization. Um, Buddy likes Billy. He respects Billy. He knows Billy has a has a really good reputation. So I think that's a positive as well.
0: Yeah, Colorado sports fans we know are are, are great here, beautiful state. Uh, we know we're going to see you guys on October 17th uh, at a fantastic tailgate, Broncos and Raiders. At the sports fan back parking lot on the corner of 18th and federal, for 20 bucks, it's all you can eat sexy pizza and Breckenridge beer. Not just any pizza and beer, sexy pizza and Breckenridge beer. Can't go wrong with that? No, um, I would think not. Yeah, it's sexy pizza. It's not pizza. It's sexy pizza. So for 20 bucks, you can hang out with us, tailgate. I'm going to be there. And also, too, we've got a really cool uh, party bus package for you where you can come here at the bar at 10 a.m. And at 11, we'll drive over to the stadium so you don't have to worry about parking. You don't have to worry about getting a ticket for anything. We'll take you back here. You can hang out for the entirety of the day. We've got all the games. It's everything you could possibly want. That's $30. And that's coming up next Sunday on the big game against the Raiders. It's a must-win. For the Broncos.
1: And the Raiders are probably saying the same thing right about now after uh, the last couple of weekends and all that is uh, swirling around John Gruden.
0: Yeah, if you're going to be swirling around some good Breckenridge Brewery beer because they're the official sponsor of DNVR. But did you know they also have hard seltzers, the good company hard seltzers? Yeah, you probably did already know that for the amount we talk about them. But we do have it on tap here at Colfax in New York. We're able to keep it in stock just barely but we do have that if you aren't coming out to the bar go to your local Costco King Super's wherever it is get a 15 can sa- uh, 15 can sampler pack called the tap pack for Ramaltoppi I I've came up with that it's the tap pack if you want 15 cuz it's very unique both for the sampler pack and we know Tapia is quite unique so that's Breckenridge Breweries good company hard seltzer an easy choice for a great company and you know what If you're feeling like you're getting ripped off on your cell phone bills, don't anymore because now we've got Mint Mobile, all right? You're tired of of getting overcharged by big wireless providers. Well, we've learned there's always a catch, and with Mint Mobile, there is no catch, all right? We spoke with them, and we found out that using their service, it all makes sense. There's no catch. It's only $15 a month, and their secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They've cut out the retail stores and because of that, there's no crazy overhead and they can pass that savings all down to you in the form of zero mystery fees. There's none. Instead, it's 15 bucks a month for premium wireless. You get unlimited talk, unlimited text, high speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5g network. You can use your own phone, keep your uh, same phone number, which is fantastic and pick any mint mobile plan. Uh, for $15, bucks, you will keep your contacts as well. It's Mint Mobile. It's guaranteed to be fantastic. Padres are looking for a new manager. Ron Washington. He's the first name that's out there. I, I, I imagine you've had some time to talk with him over there in Atlanta's dugout with Walt Weiss. Eric Young Sr. over there. You know, he's he's got two World Series under his belt, right? We forget at the beginning of the decade, Texas went to back-to-back World Series. Interesting candidate over there in San Diego.
1: Uh, players love wash um, <laughs> Ron Washington's a character now and uh, I've had interactions with him over the years he's one of the best infield instructors in baseball and guys who work with him swear by him he brings a ton of energy he brings a great work ethic um, he's he's a fun guy to be around so yeah I, I think that uh you know he's certainly a, a worthy candidate and I think Walt Weiss on that staff is a great candidate. I think we talked about him, me and you, Patrick. Or I can't remember if it was that my Mets podcast job. or with the Mets job. Yeah, I think we did UMA. talk about that briefly. Um, so, uh, yeah, and and again, you know, we we everybody plays the geography game, and and Walt's from Suffern, New York, which is in Rockland County, which is a suburb uh, of of the city. So, you know, that you know makes some sense. Uh, but yeah, those are two good candidates on on Brian Snitker's staff right there, and that's not to dismiss uh, you know EY either. But yeah, you know, I know I know those two guys, uh, the aforementioned guys, Ron Washington and and Walt Weiss. Their name has been uh, have you know has kind of been put out there a little bit.
0: Yeah, managers are managing the players and managing the clubhouse a lot more than in the past, where they were managing the field, they're managing you know the in-game decisions and the strategy, and now it is about that you know, player management in the clubhouse. And we saw that it may have fallen apart in San Diego. So Washington would be a good candidate for that same thing. Walt Weiss, players love playing underneath him. Either of those two guys would be a great fit to get everyone pointed in the right direction since they came from all over.
1: Think think of the job Buddy did this year. I mean, think of the noise back in February when, not just in our area, but— the baseball world was looking in, going, "What in the hell have the Rockies done?" And what did they get back? And and everything was negative having to do with the Rockies. And certainly here in our area, and, and there's still a ton of people, understandably, that are, are angry. And buddy, uh, when the you know I, I think Pocota had them at sixty and a half wins, and 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 virtually everybody had them losing a hundred plus games. I'm not here to celebrate the fact that they won 74 as opposed to 60 because you still didn't make the postseason and you still have a ways to go to get back to where you are in contention. And I'm all about that. But Buddy was such a steady hand and none of that noise really uh, infiltrated or affected performance on the field. And the Rockies, most importantly, steadily got better. I mean, from June 1st on, they were above 500. Um, So... He he got them pointed in the right direction, and, and he deserves uh, a lot of credit. I heard somebody out there—I uh, I forget somebody said it, may, it was Vic Fangio actually goes—he deserves votes for uh, you know manager of the year. And it was interesting take from from you know a head coach in the NFL standpoint. I agree with the premise of that. He shouldn't win it because I think Gabe Kapler should win it unanimously. took a team, speaking of prognostications, had them in the mid-70s, and they won 107 games. That's a slam dunk. Gabe Kapler ought to be the manager of the year. Uh, But the fact that another head coach said – this guy really did a good job and understands all the pressures that come with it and was living here during that, that period of time. I, I thought that was um, an interesting observation um, and, and a flattering observation from Vic Fangio.
0: If you recall, uh, this might have been 12, 13 years ago, Joe Girardi won NL Manager of the Year with the Marlins, and they were sub-500. They actually had a losing record, but that was a team that— Was a hundred-loss team on paper easily? No one was arguing it, and he was still able to to keep them in it a little bit. I think, you know, maybe they were messing around the wild card briefly before really having the wheels fall off. But I think that that's an interesting point I hadn't thought of. Is you know, does Buddy maybe get a third place vote somewhere in there? And I think he he very very justly deserve at least one of those third place votes.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, who knows? I I don't pay that close attention to how it breaks down after will announce that, yeah, Gabe Kapler was the manager of the year. I mean, that's a that's a proverbial no-brainer. Uh, but I, I think, more importantly, players in the game know. Um, other managers know. Buddy is universally respected um, and will continue to be universally respected. It was a great hire several years ago when the Rockies brought on Buddy, who was not a Colorado Rocky. He was hired from outside the organization and um it, it was you know that that was hitting speaking of proverbial you know we're throwing cliches around I was hitting the nail on the head man
0: yeah but he's been uh, he was on Mad Dog Russo uh last week with his postseason pick so he's everywhere very well liked uh guy that's pretty well liked by his teammates and had some trouble in the postseason Nolan Arenado right uh Cardinals don't get it done against the Dodgers in the wild card game that was last week but you know Nolan as well as anybody how much you know pressure he puts on himself right and and how frustrating that must must be when you see how great of a player he is we all have seen it how great of a player he is over 162 and how the postseason it gets boiled down to nine innings and that sometimes becomes part of your story and we saw clayton kershaw have to deal with that for so long before finally breaking through in the postseason you say now this is the player it's frustrating for Nolan right now with that 0 for 4 performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, Barry Bonds uh, famously did not do well in the postseason until very late in his career. And then I, I think in that end, the year against the Angels, I mean, he, he couldn't get him out pretty much in the postseason. Nolan has not had, uh, you know, a great resume so far in the postseason. I think he has, what, 24, 25 at bat? 25, he's four for 25, I believe, in the postseason. We all know baseball that you know even a guy that's a, a 300 hitter is not over 25 at bats a handful of at bats uh, but when you know the the pressure has been on if you will he hasn't been at his best yet at this juncture of his career. I will say this and I and I and I love Nolan. Um and he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory without question. And he had a really good year in St. Louis. Really did. 30-plus home runs, 100-plus ribbies. Um, you know, he played very good defense. Uh, as he, we all know, he's one of the greatest third basemen ever. Um, the one thing that, that always kind of bothered me a little bit is when he, you know, talked about, I want to win. Well, in 17 and 18, the Rockies were a winning team. They went to the postseason. And if you're going to make that statement, you better be able to back it up. And unfortunately, again, a small sample size, Nolan was two for 11 in the Milwaukee series when the Rockies got swept in the divisional you know, series against the Brewers. Maybe... You know, I understand the context of where he was speaking. Let's continue to improve where they are, and um, and and the Rockies weren't able to after 2018. So I understand the frustration. But you always point to yourself first, right? And had he gone, you know, six for eleven, and and helped the offense a little, it, it just it sounds better than the guy who struggled and now he's pointing fingers. Now, knowing Nolan as I do. He didn't want it to come out as it did. He probably would have rephrased it had he had another opportunity. Um, I, I don't, you know. I I hope that he has many other opportunities to go to the postseason and change that narrative. But we all understand sports, and it's out there right now. And he does put a lot of pressure on himself, and uh, you know, he he has to now change that narrative.
0: Yeah, he was the guy in the middle of that lineup because Goldschmidt. Uh, if you, if you recall the lineup that Mike Schilt put out there, Goldie was batting second, and so Arenado was fourth. He was the guy. He was he was there, Garrett Cole to a degree, right? Where hey, big spot. You're getting paid the big bucks. You got to do that now. And you know he's in a good spot in St. Louis, but and he should have a lot more of those opportunities too. So I think more times than not, I, I think we'll be sitting here in October talking about his great play in the postseason.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, he he's a great player. He's, as I said, he's he's a guy that, barring some significant injury, will probably end up in the Hall of Fame, and deservedly so. He will have other opportunities, I'm sure, to come through in the clutch. Nobody comes through all the time, um, and so far, you know, he has not been a great postseason performer. But it's a you know relative handful of at bats. It's twenty five. I know some other people who want to be critical point to other big games down the stretch where, you know, he didn't, you know, have the big hit. If the Rockies could have won one ball game in in LA in 2018, when you play the woulda coulda shoulda game, the Rockies win the division as opposed to finishing in a dead heat and then having to go back there. There's a lot of pressure that comes with getting paid a lot of money, and and that's that's part of it.
0: Yeah, it it is a smaller sample size. Like at yeah, 25 at bats, really not all that much. Postseason talk. Um, you and I we have the exact same picks. Rays there... over the Dodgers. That's not fun.
1: No, especially as <laughs> you we, and I we... sit and chat today, the Rays are down two games to one after the the craziness of last night. Uh, the Dodgers and and Giants. We I mean you had to think that's going to go five games right from the outset. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you had to make picks, right? We, this is what we do. We had to make picks. Um
0: think in Milwaukee too, right? I had Milwaukee. I don't. They're I didn't break 2-1. it down like
1: you did. Oh, you didn't. Okay. No, so you broke it down by by each series, and I just said it here. I, I see Tampa coming out of the out of the American League, and I and I still think the Dodgers have the best roster I've ever seen, even with all of their injuries and the Bauer situation. Um, I, I felt like they they should, in a longer series, their talent and their experience uh, went out. I didn't break things down. Now, what's happening with Milwaukee is what the people who like Milwaukee but were worried about Milwaukee, their concerns were about their offense, and they haven't had any offense so far.
0: Yeah, they're, they're definitely struggling, scraping right now. Rays Dodgers World Series would be the first rematch since... 1978, or rather, first, yeah, first back-to-back, 77-78, right? You had Yankees, Dodgers, Reggie Jackson with the three-home run game, but any other combination too is is going to be somewhat of a of a rarity. You enjoying the postseason so far? I mean, the games have been right. really solid, and you know, some of these rules that have been you know need to be enforced. It's been strange, but. But that's that's what makes it fun. I mean, we that's had what makes it
1: exciting. We had within the space of probably uh, less than an hour, we had two yeah. plays. One I've never seen before, and that was the ball um, that that inadvertently gets you know hit off hit off the outfielder and ends up out of play. Hadn't seen that one before. They probably, even though you probably won't see it again for fifty years, they're going to have to address it. Um, because Boston should not have benefited from that, mm-hmm. um, and they ultimately did because the runner was at third base. He was going to score standing up. He would have been in the dugout by the time the ball, you know, had gotten back into the infield. Uh, so that hurt. And people, you know, I, I I saw where John Heyman wrote. Well, it doesn't matter because, you know, uh, there was. Christian Javier hit a hit a two-run home run. Oh yeah, and, that
0: I that's the worst argument. I hate that.
1: Uh, but you don't know how it's going to no. turn out. You don't know how many runs are going to be scored that's after right. that. Everything pitches are different. You don't know how Tampa is going to go about uh, defending that lead in the bottom half of the inning. So that that didn't make, you know, a whole lot of sense to me, but that that one and then Yes, you established the baseline, but clearly Yasmani Grandal wanted to get in the line of the throw and
0: that's a veteran move right there. That's a great play.
1: Hey, that was a great baseball play by Yasmani Grandal. Great baseball play. But yeah. there's two in the less than the space of an hour, that you're like, I haven't seen that one. I mean, we have seen balls hit base runners before. My favorite was when Cole Calhoun last year headbutted a ball for Arizona that against was, the Rockies. That was fantastic.
0: Yeah, that was it was pretty clear his head, you know, just went straight up yeah. into it. That was fantastic.
1: And to add insult to potential injury, he was called out for headbutting uh the baseball.
0: Yeah, of course, the Reggie Jackson with his little hip yeah. putting his butt out there and 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 taking one, so we know that that's uh that's just one of the things you got to deal with in the postseason when all these calls make it all that much more important.
1: Well, I'll give you I don't know if this is a fair analogy, but if they don't change that rule in the outfield, the one with Hunter Renfro goes off his body, if Hunter Renfro kind of grabs the baseball and you know, pretend, you have to
0: accidentally, yeah, unquote, accidentally,
1: like it goes out of my hand over the wall as I pretend to throw it in an awkward type of move. And and all it is is second and third. It's a ground rule double. I guess the analogy what should be taught, and I'm sure coaches do, secondary coaches in college. If you if you've beat me for a touchdown on a nine route on a long, on a on a fly route, if um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out and try to tackle you, because in college it's a fifteen yard penalty. So instead of it being a 40-yard touchdown or 50-yard touchdown or a spot foul like it is in the NFL where you now have it at the one-yard line, it's a
0: 15-yard penalty. So I'm beat badly. I'm going to tackle you. I'm blatantly going to interfere with you. Soccer's got the same thing too, right, where you can do that, and if it's outside of the box, it's not a penalty kick. It's it's just, hey, this was guaranteed to happen. You just took a point or you took some runs off the board. And so it definitely needs to be addressed.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, it's, it's really unusual. I think anybody in baseball is looking, you know, so many people fessed up. I'm fessing up. And I said, I, don't, I didn't know how that would be adjudicated. Is it, is it just a ground rule double or is it at the umpire's discretion to say, hey, he was already at third. He would have scored. We're going to give him three bases.
0: Yeah, need, need some justice out there, need some balance, and, and Ball Aerospace and Technology are doing that because they practice diversity and, conclu- and inclusion. That's why they've got 100% corporate equality index for the, from the human rights campaign, right? They take great care of their people. You're free to be your authentic self if you work for Ball. And once you've worked there, there's groups that you can join to represent represent your unique background. And right now, they're actually hiring. They're looking for folks that have technical, mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, which they've been doing for a very long time. It's an iconic brand. They're doing big things at Ball, and you can be a part of something bigger than yourself there. So go ahead and text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com to get hooked up with them over at the Ball Aerospace and Technology. Uh, then take that hard-earned paycheck and buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Now, their ultimate goal over at Chevalier Mortgage is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. That's you. They're putting you first. Uh, something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up it's creating natural equity in your home. And if you have a mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that. Make the bubble work for you. They've got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, set up a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Call Virginia directly at 303 303- 257-6578, or visit dnvrmortgage.com. You can go ahead and make sure at the ad you have to say Michael Chevalier, NMLS number one nine three one one zero zero six. And Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number one nine one zero six three one. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and they've got a week six offer every football fan should jump in on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Have you ever remembered a game not scoring a point? You shouldn't because it hasn't happened since
1: 1943. I was going to say, has there been a 0-0 tie in the last 50 years?
0: No. No. No, not. It, it's 24 years. It, it predates the Super Bowl. So it's, it's a lock. It's a no-brainer. That really is the whole point. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. They combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, so the more legs you add, the more money you can win. It's simple. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's DNVR as your promo code. Drew, I was asked on our Monday mailbag, and this kind of ties in with everything in the playoffs right now, is you know, the best and worst umps in the game. And really, the, I guess the, the better question is, you know, what makes for a good ump or what makes for a, a bad ump in your estimation right now in NLB?
1: Well, I think the focus is always going to be on balls and strikes right now because on the bases, if you call a guy out and he's safe, it's going to be challenged and they'll get they'll end up getting the call right in new york so there's a lot less pressure um on the on the base umpires the home plate umpire is going to manage the game is going to keep the game moving the less we notice officials in any sport probably the better we think the game was officiated Uh, on those sundays or saturdays where you watch a college football game or nfl game and you go i didn't really notice the officials you're like okay it's probably well officiated same thing with with any sport um so I, I would start there, and then consistency um, in 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 balls and strikes—not a kind of a floating zone. And I, I can't tell you, oh, this guy or that guy. There, there's a number of young umpires that do a good job; they really do, uh, and I think their scores reflect that. I get the the umpire, you know, scores. I get that. Uh, um, it's a great account on Twitter, right? It, right, a, a Twitter account, right.
0: ump scorecards, yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and it does it does give you a feel. Um, so uh, the, there's a lot of really good umpires. I always say this to to kids that I coach when you know they get upset if there's a missed call or, or that sort of thing. If these guys are getting it right 95, 96% of the time, does anybody get a hit 95% of the time? No. Um, you know, certainly at the amateur level, not too many guys feel you know, field 95, you know, 950, 960. Um, so why are you jumping down the throat of the umpire? Now, I've been guilty of that also as a coach, um, but I also i am on record as saying I want it still balls and strikes called by human beings. I don't want to see an automated strike zone. There's going to be a lot of issues with that, number one, and it takes away the art of receiving and you know, stealing pitches. You say, well, stealing, well, then you're saying, oh, that was a ball, but he made it a strike. Well, there's borderline pitches, and there is a creativity and an art form to being able to receive the baseball and give that umpire a good view or maybe a biased view of it, and I think think it's part of uh, the uniqueness of that position, and uh, I would not like to see it lost.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, there's definitely an art to it, especially when you get to the postseason too, mm-hmm. when there, there's, those just huge performances. I, I think one of the, the things that jumps out in my mind when I think of a bad ump is, is a short hook, right? Is, is the umpire that's, that might be throwing people out a little too yeah. aggressively. That's, that's obviously something that, you know, can be detrimental in, the, in, in a game, especially if it's early in the game and you're throwing out, you know, one of the best players that's, we don't see that all the time, but when it does. To your point, it stands out because we really shouldn't be noticing the umpires at all.
1: No, and and you don't see it a ton, but you're absolutely right. Uh, nobody bought a ticket <laughs> to watch the umpires. Umpire, you have respect for them. You should have great respect for them. But by the same token, if somebody gets who's in the middle of uh, you know competing and gets upset, let let get them to calm down. Or draw a line in the sand, but don't go run Fernando Tatis Jr. in the third inning. And everybody's like, "Wait a second! I've been telling my kids about him, and I and I saved up money to go and watch him play. And yeah, he got upset because he didn't like a, you know, a strike call or that sort of thing. Really, you have to be judicious. And when you when you reach that point where you feel like somebody needs to get run,
0: yeah, I think some of the veteran veterans need to, you know, protect the younger guys so they might have a shorter hook or. Tatis Jr is a great example of well I got I got to teach this kid you know how, a little bit about the game and 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 the the tradition or you know we saw that with Bryce Harper when he first came up where there were a couple umps that really seemed like they had it out for him at that time we haven't seen anything like that since then thankfully but you know that that's that's never good if if the umps are kind of going outside their their natural jurisdiction
1: no and the game is about the players and and I think the good umpires realized that and you know that's there, there's less controversy now because a play missed at first base which could cause a, a hullabaloo you know in a key situation 20 years ago it's not going to happen now you're just going to you're going to put your hand out as a manager and then your video guy is you know somebody's on the phone to the video guy and he's going yeah no he was safe and you go like this, we want you to look at it and they get it right in New York. We assume most of the time and, and, and it gets turned around. So there's less opportunity to have disagreement. Most of them pretty much reside on balls and strikes.
0: Yeah. And you don't have the makeup call either of like, ah, you know what? Maybe your guy was safe at first. Let me go ahead and expand my zone. And then, then you, you miss a couple pitches because the, the home plate umpire maybe has gotten out of his game a little bit. And yeah. you're
1: not getting the because every pitch is scored. I, I, did this with somebody on uh, social media yesterday, I believe it was. Uh, the reputation strike, I'll give you an example. Like, okay, we know that Greg Maddox had unbelievable command. So if the plate's 17 inches wide and now he's demonstrating he can keep hitting here. I mean, there were umpires on record who said, no, he's demonstrated that he can hit. Big deal, it's off the plate. But he was all of a sudden, in, in some situations, he had a 20-inch plate. They can't do that anymore. There's no more reputation strikes that are called consistently. Otherwise, you're going to have a lousy grade. Um, and some people will say, well, you know, how do we know that even if they score poorly consistently, you know our umpires removed? We don't you know normally see that. they it, it's you know behind closed doors, whatever the discussions are, whatever those ratings are. Um, and you know the postseason. I'm sure people look at and say, "Well, there's guys working," you know, in the postseason. It may not have had great scores during the year. We'll see. We'll see how that works going forward.
0: Before we get to this week's guest on the Drew Goodman podcast, just want to see what kind of memories you had or your some of your favorite takeaways uh, of Rocktober. You know, it's 2007, 2009 is. 14 and, and 12 years away, so it's not a big anniversary, but you know, some Rockies fans you can get down in the dumps a little bit seeing the same teams in the postseason every year. But hey, you know what? We can actually look back and say, on this date in Rockies history, and go back, and, and there's a couple really good ones in 07 uh, in 09 and 09, and, and more recently in 17 and, and 18. But the original, that original Rocktober, if you will. What are some, some of your, your favorite things and your favorite moments that, that you took away?
1: I just think overall, Patrick, that the whole city, the state, the region, people were talking about baseball and the Rockies on a daily basis. And, and in baseball keeps building, right? Right. When you're winning, it keeps building, and everybody can't wait to the game that night. Now, we've seen numerous great Broncos teams, and there's a big game coming on Sunday. Well, it's Tuesday, and it's Wednesday, and it's Thursday. Okay, now we're getting closer to the weekend. Can't wait for the, for the kickoff at 2 o'clock on, on Sunday. But in baseball, guess what? There's a game tonight, and then if they there's a game tomorrow night. And for the whole city, in a Broncos town, we know that, right? To to you know even to people that didn't care less about you know baseball everyone was on board everyone was wearing purple everyone was excited about what was transpiring with the club and and the downtown area which is always vibrant anyhow uh, you know was off the chain so when I look back at memories it's not necessarily just the specific on field memories it's it was the kind of the culture. Um, being altered for a period of time.
0: The takeover, yeah, take over the town. Which, yeah, you can when you have teams like that. And like you said, building momentum is the next day's starting pitcher. And Rockies had a great rotation, especially in in two thousand seven, a young one. And they sweep the Phillies. They sweep Arizona. And we don't have to talk about what happens next. But you're right. It just kept building in in a city that is somewhat of a Broncos town. That was just some of the best memories I think people still think about to this day
1: yeah and they and they want to see it replicated you know fairly frequently and I say fairly frequently because even the teams with the deepest pockets I mean the Dodgers aren't a heck of a run they've won only world, one world championship but they you know till this year they had won eight straight division titles they finish a game behind the Giants this year uh the Yankees we understand but it's hard to get there to the postseason on a regular basis, um, so you you really cherish it when it happens. And yeah, we need to see it happen more frequently here. We'd love to see it happen more frequently here. But I just think of of what it did to the city. Same thing. It, it's not it, it, when it happens in October. We understand it's different. That was the premise of your question. But I will tell you this. In, in what I do when the Rockies have won, you know, four or five in a row, six in a row, maybe they, they, they won a series like they did earlier this year at Dodger Stadium. You have a bounce in your step, um, even as a broadcaster. You can't wait to get to the ballpark that night to see, hey, you know, this team's playing well and, and who's going to, you know, who's going to hit, have the big hit tonight and, and that sort of thing. So I, I just think that's the beauty of baseball that it is day after day and it can really build to, um, you know something special.
0: We see that bounce in in fan steps here at the DNVR bar a lot when when the Rockies are are, are doing well and it, it's it's on their lips. It's what they're talking about this week on the Drew Goodman podcast. What are you talking about? We're going to talk
1: a little bit more about a couple of those plays in in the postseason um, and and how it should be handled maybe uh, moving forward. We'll talk about um, some other performances. Uh, may touch on on a rocky or two that we haven't talked about and we're gonna talk hockey because you know I, I mean i'm a huge fan and and obviously it broadcast you know so many different sports um you know we'll we'll do our football bit because we do that every mm-hmm. week but we're we're going to get into uh, the avalanche a little bit more this week kyle keith is coming on who i think does a marvelous job um uh you know, with the pre and post game on uh, on altitude with Mark Rycroft and we're gonna get a we're gonna get a, a thorough avalanche preview. And you talk about exciting and you guys talk a lot about it here at DNVR obviously. And the avalanche last year may be a little disappointing in how things ended, but they are again one of the favorites to compete for a Stanley Cup and so we're going to break it all down with Kyle who's great and I'm really looking forward to that so uh not only you uh Nuggets excuse me uh always Nuggets fans are are welcome but not only Rockies fans uh this week make sure uh, if you're a Navs fan uh you you tune it in
0: it's that time of year
1: it's That that time of year man they get going Wednesday I'm going down Saturday they're gonna have the tribute to Pierre Lacroix so um it's it's amazing man but hockey hockey's back
0: very exciting very exciting so make sure you download and subscribe to the drew goodman podcast follow us on twitter at drew goodman 42 i'm at patrick d lyons so for dnvr sports our super producer kale i'm patrick lyons and thank you for enjoying the dnvr rockies podcast Dental Group is the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. They deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans, especially our DNVR listeners who have switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. And if you schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam, you'll receive free Sonic Care toothbrush. We know they've got great service because Allie and Lindsay here at DNVR have had their wisdom teeth removed recently. And although their recovery was a bit challenging, Green Mountain Dental Group checked on them every few days and made sure the medication was right. As I said, it's the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. Schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush.